This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. Good morning. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's a minute past the hour on this Monday morning, July 27th. I'm Larry Flick. You are indeed visiting the Jolt on Sirius XM Q. Still ahead this hour, Olympic great Greg Luganis will be stopping by to talk about his new HBO documentary, Back on Board. Right now, we are joined by Joel Edgerton. Yes, yes, I have been mangling this poor man's name. We, he's got a good sense of humor about it, though. Thank goodness. Good morning, Joel. <laughs> good morning. How are you today? I'm very excited that you got Greg Leganis here. Yeah, he's right across the hall. He's going to be coming in uh, right after you. Wow. I'm yeah. going to hide under the desk. You, you don't have to hide. Just have a seat. <laughs> Keep comfortable. <laughs> I'm always impressed by meeting sports people. More than meeting any actors or musicians, when I meet sports people, it's like I get starstruck. You know, I get that way with sports people and with news reporters. I feel like if you're yeah. doing something that requires a different degree of effort, yeah. Then, then you were I was about to say that acting required no skill, didn't you? Well, that's no, you no, 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 because my original <laughs> fantasy in life was to be an actor. Now, I have enormous respect for actors. I guess yeah. you know what it is? I've met, I feel like I've met almost every actor. Yeah, right. Whereas not a lot of sports figures or news reporters come into our room. Do many of them surprise you? Actors? Yeah. Yes. I love when I meet people and they surprise me. I, I'm speaking of sports people, I'm uh, the, the greatest, one of the greatest people I ever met was Sergei Bubka. Ooh, what was that like? Amazing. I was in Monaco, and I was sitting at the same table as as Nadia Comaneci, Sergei Bubka, and Boris Becker. And and funnily enough, the one that really fascinated me was Sergei Bubka because I used to try and be a pole vaulter when I was like ten years old in my mm. backyard. Anyway, that's really, you know what it is. Also, I'm fascinated by people whose motivations are less relatable to me because I originally wanted to be an actor. Yeah, and I've talk to so many actors in my life that I, I understand a lot of it. Yeah. Whereas being a sports hero, if yeah. you will, requires a certain kind of sacrifice that oh, yeah. is, is inde- indescribable to me. Actors don't really have to show their skill, their bag of tricks, the history of how they came to be what they are. And in yeah. fact, you could be in a movie and have trained at a theater school, have like put in 20 years of service into your craft, and then you could work with a five-year-old kid who's never done a movie before and could you're all in the same movie and he could school you. Yeah. Uh, whereas athletes, you know they've put the hours in. You know some of them have natural ability, sure, but they've put the hours in. Or you can get annihilated by a shitty director, which yeah. might be why more actors want to be directors. Yeah, well, you got to look up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice segue too, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So Joel Edgerton has a new movie. And he is uh, he is featured, and it's his directorial debut. It's called The Gift. It also stars Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, was it? I mean, we have to go through a, a little bit of obvious ground first. Um, was it just one time looking at the screen too many and thinking that's not how I thought it was going to look? I've been very lucky lately that the directors I've worked for, I, I, I've jumped on the projects that ha- had a good pedigree and stock to them, and that's been the privilege of years of work and getting to a certain place. And 
you're right. They never exactly turn out the way you expect. Often you're surprised that they turn out better than you expect. Sometimes they're not exactly what you do expect. My reasons for directing were that it's been brewing in me for a long time. It wasn't a reaction to the work that I was seeing that I was in. I've, I've been writing and planning this for a long time, writing and producing stuff. And to be honest, the only reason it's happening now is, and not five years ago or, or more is a little bit of hesitation and fear of finally being in the driver's seat knowing that that responsibility makes me very accountable for everything that's on the screen. Whereas as an actor, you can somewhat stand off in the corner and point and go, well, it's not my fault. <laughs> he, he, he or she directed it. Um, th there's all that responsibility and, and also incredible amount of thoughtfulness and hard work uh, in comparison to being an actor, which is a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm. So is... All of that makes sense until I realize or remember mm. that you're in your own movie. Yeah. Which is sort of like torture, isn't it? Flagellation, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, I, mean, I just see, I don't understand how you would put yourself through the kind of fire you just described. Yeah. And then throw more wood on top of it. Well, to be honest, there's a couple of elements. That, that, that are behind that one is my ego when I wrote the script it was my intention to play that character and not direct the movie the idea of directing it came soon into writing it mm -hmm. and I couldn't quite let go of the idea of playing the character the character's also only in a, a third was only in a third of the actual physical production schedule so I felt like for the most part I could do my behind the camera job without confusing the issue uh and, and in the end, I just couldn't let go of the idea of playing the character. And, and the safety valve I had was my brother is a very, uh, you know, wonderful collaborator with me. He's also a very successful uh, and, and talented director. And I had him there to call action and cut and to be my outside eye when I was in front of the camera so that I wouldn't have to for practical reasons, have to run back every couple of minutes and watch myself on a monitor to decide whether I was going to push myself for another take or, or or what have you so the the movie the gift um uh has uh, is the story of a, of a a guy seemingly just an average dude um who um, moves back to his hometown with his wife and um <laughs> in walks a man from the past yeah someone that he went to high school with yeah and, and shares a sort of unusual past with yeah, and we don't want to give any of it away because this is. I, I watched the movie over the weekend, and it's what's really fun about the movie is that it's um, it's kind of like a, a lyrical thriller as opposed to being a slasher thriller. Yeah. Uh, the words and 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 the, the plotting and the winding of what happens is what really sucks you in. It's not the fear of someone getting shot or stabbed, although there's a little bit of that too. Mm. Um, but what I really, what I was fascinated by is uh, I don't know who to root for in this movie half the time. Mm. I'm kind of rooting for everybody and nobody. I find myself actually rooting least for Jason Bateman's character. Yeah. Well, the, I keep saying get him. Yeah. I kept, while I was watching, I was like, get him. It's, I instantly it's funny how him. it changes, the roles change. And I the, didn't like him. I didn't like Jason Bateman's character almost immediately. Really? Yeah. That's I just great. was like, kill him. Get, get him. Kill him. 
the real the real center of the movie is is the eyes and ears of the audience is Rebecca Hall's character, yeah. Jason's uh, wife, who is really the only character we can we know we can trust and we know is being honest. Well, she has no history. Well, she doesn't know all the history. She she doesn't know what's the real story between these two men, and so you know, perfectly or not perfectly, it, on purpose, we have created a situation where we're we're watching this story unfold through her eyes, and you know, as you say, those those roles are hard to define. Whether we like Jason's character, you know, we're used to watching movies like Fatal Attraction, Cape Fear. It's the well-meaning couple uh, that. Uh, are besieged by a third crazy person yeah and when you first start watching the movie that that third crazy person is is the character of gordo which i play who uh we assume after having seen all those great movies the 80s and 90s those triangle thrillers that we kind of think we know what we're saddling up for this is going to be one of those sort of this couple are going to get their lives are going to be destroyed and 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 in a way that's true but it happens in an in a way that is not the expected path it's it's fascinating because it, it watching it in, in in with an analytical eye as opposed to just kind of letting it be fun i kept thinking jason bateman really gave himself to the idea that he doesn't have to be likable yeah the entire time he he played it with like a like he was eating something really tasty the whole time. Mm. He seemed to enjoy fucking with people. Is that accurate? It's very accurate. The great thing about, you know, like being an actor, it's always a treat when somebody gives you a job that is not the typical box that you've been put in. And now Jason's never really been in a typical box, but if you were to paint that box, you would say that's a comedy box. It's it's a sort very of light. affable. Yeah, and he's always a straight guy in a comedy, but he's he's affable. Uh, he proved in a comedy that he directed, Bad Words, that he can also be an incredible jerk. Mm. And we needed, you know, again, without giving too much away, both sides of him. Welcome people into the movie with that sort of affable guy that we really like and trust. And then he transforms into something that we, we're allowed to not like at all. Uh, and Jason was really into that challenge. In fact... He didn't try and lessen. He didn't try and bevel those curves at all. He wanted that to be as sharp as possible. Well, it just make the char- makes the character more interesting and fun to watch. And so, if it's more fun to watch, I can't imagine what it's like to play. Mm. But what's, what what I thought was really interesting in in watching the movie, and again, the movie is called The Gift, uh, y'all, and it's really worth your time. Um, is the first time we meet your character. Um, it's it's if you if you're paying attention, you know that he hasn't let go of the past mm. simply by looking at him. Mm. And actually, for me, it was the earring <laughs> because nobody walks around like that. That is that's someone who's frozen in time. Mm. The way he's dressed, and you know, like because you, you look you look for like characteristics, and that earring is very much a throwback. Yeah, was that intentional or am I overreading? No, no, no. I wanted you know, I. I I, I live in uh, Los Angeles and I, I live somewhere between Hollywood and the Valley and you know I used to sit and I just thought the, the character, we wanted to not go too weird. I mean the initial title of the film, strange enough, was Weirdo. It's the, it's because the, the movie also has so much about the names we call each other in school. Mm-hmm. The things that we say about each other that can stick and the way that ideas can bring people down. 
which is all about bullying and harkens back to that kind of schoolyard insidious stuff. Now, I wanted to create a character that was weird, but not too weird. You know, weird enough that we're worried about his slightly offset ideas. But he's functional. Functional and enough, not too weird that you wouldn't invite him into your home. But locked in a time is exactly what we're aiming for and and definitely just a little bit off, you know, Um, without sort of painting him too much with one brush that was going to make him seem like, okay, here comes the bad guy, you know. Yeah, no, 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 because you meet him and it's like, you know, good looking guy. He seems, he seems, you know, fairly normal, whatever that means. But again, you just get this one glimpse of a, you know, of a one thing and then a small glimpse of something else. And you think, oh, okay, what happened between them? Mm. It's really fun to watch Untangle. But what's really also, uh, what, what makes the movie, to me, feel more powerful is that even though, obviously, the stakes are kind of like, in, you know, intentionally bigger and higher because it's a movie, we now live in this period where a lot of us don't let go of the past mm. because we're obsessed with social media and running into this person we went to high school with and that person we went to college with and what does he look like now? And it's always, to me, I'm, I'm new on social media with Facebook. But I'm fascinated by how some people look like they're now mm-hmm. and some people are white-knuckled, gripping, 1980-whatever, 1990-whatever. Um, mm-hmm. How much of all of that played into the crafting of your script? I'm fascinated by these ideas that, you know... Uh, Many of us sort of cut off the past. We, we don't like to acknowledge it. We like to reinvent ourselves. We like to just, you know, manifest destiny, keep moving forward, mm-hmm. don't look back, capitalism, you know, keep making more money, keep succeeding. And we like to trim the past off. There are others of us that are identifying ourselves constantly by the things that we've done in our past. And, and there, there, there seems to be, in, you know, two ways of living your life. And social media is definitely... Uh, means that the the closet that you've locked all your secrets in is just waiting to be burst open by that tap on the shoulder. The 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 initial seed of this idea was was I, I had had this thought of how terrifying it would be to to just have a stranger tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, do you remember me? And it you know it happens to me a lot. As, a, as an actor, I don't know when people tap me on the shoulder whether I'm supposed to know them or not. And it, there's always a silent moment where I'm a little bit unsure how to react. The idea of being 20, 25 years away from high school and then have that tap on the shoulder and have someone look at you with some kind of history and say, hey, you know, we went to school together. You're like, what if you weren't such a good person? Right. Or what if it was just that one day in your life because you know when when I do I, I think about I used to write about music and I every once in a while I'll see a musician passing through the halls and they'll say I talked to you when you were at Billboard and I'll say I hope it was a good day it was a nice thing was I nice <laughs> to you <laughs> exactly yeah and, and also your interpretation of of things that you do and things that you say may be very different to the yeah, recipient because you're in the middle of whatever your life is. And I always jokingly say, you don't know where other people are in their falling down moment. Yeah. And how what you're going to say to them or be toward them is going to resonate. You know, see, when I was in high school, I, I was both a Gordo and a Simon. You mm. know, like my, in, in the, uh, 
not happy to admit it, but the earlier phase of my school life, you know, I would be more inclined to be the mean kid. And then it happened to me where I was bullied really badly. And so then I was like, I'm never going to be like that, you know, not to say that I'm an angel. But funnily enough, I, I went on a dare with my ex-girlfriend to my 20-year high school reunion. And I, ha- I remember having a beer with this guy who, who I had been mean to when I was in primary school, which is like grade school, I guess. And, and then as I was leaving, I was shaking hands with everybody. This girl came up to me. Uh, I know I was saying goodbye to a group of people. I was like, bye, hey. And I saw this girl who I vaguely recognized. And I said, hey, I, I didn't get to talk to you, but, you know, have a, have a great night. And she recoiled from me. She goes, you called me a blah, blah, blah at high school, and I'll mm-hmm. never forget it. And I was, it was a horrible thing too. And I was like, wow. I was like, well, I can't really remember that. But if, if I'd had done that, that's a horrible thing to say. And I, you know, I apologize. Anyway, I tried to reach out to her on Facebook afterwards. No reply, no, no resolution, no, not interested in any kind of thing. But it was just interesting to me that to her, it was a very clear memory, whether it was true or not, I'm yeah. not sure. But to me, it was like completely blocked out. It was out just a moment memory. of time. It's fascinating. And I would have been 14, 15 or something. Yeah. Probably, look, it probably happened. I was probably just a real jerk off and, and I said something in a moment. Most of us were when we were 14. Mm. But but no, you just don't know. You don't know what, what makes a print. Mm. Joel Edgerton joining us here on The Jolt. All of this plays into this movie. It's called The Gift. And uh, it's really entertaining. But as you can see, it leads to a lot of thought after. Yeah. A lot of thought, a lot of good conversation. If you see it with somebody you know, it's really congratulations. You must. I mean, when 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 it's finally done, mm. do you exhale? What happens when it's done? <laughs> well, you, it's like uh, you know, we finished. We shot the movie, finished it in February. We only re- literally just delivered the movie, as in. The final print of the film with all the music. So this and is a quick whistles. turnaround. Very quick turnaround, and almost had no time to go into any kind of postpartum depression or any you know things that happen to a lot of filmmakers when they finish a film and then wait for the release. So I've been on the press trail ever since, but we've had such a wonderful response to the film. You know, yes, it's a thriller. Yes, it's a genre movie. But as you say, it's it's a very thought provoking. Yeah, it's not. I don't really view it. I didn't receive it as a genre movie. I mean, it has some of that <gasps> moment, but it's way too the, there. There's too much to listen to. Yeah, and I always thought I watch. love keeping people on edge. Yeah. You know, the idea of being kept on edge. But in in a way, I res- really responded to Hitchcock movies when I fi- finally dove into the canon of his work at, at university and. And the idea of keeping someone on edge, not with a ghost and not with uh, an alien descending from another planet, but, but with someone that could actually exist in your life, mm-hmm. that this stuff r- resonates with all of us in like, what were the roles we played in high school? How are we now? Do we change? What if your partner ha- had stuff in their past that, that you don't know about before you met them? All this stuff that will allow us to feel the 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 story resonate with us while also kind of giving us that thrilling ride as well but um never just entertainment it's there to entertain you it's also there to kind of give you the chills that that real life can give you 
It's really an incredible movie, y'all. It really, really is. Uh, Joel Edgerton, thank you for coming to see us. I could talk to you for hours about this, but I'm getting the, we have to get him out of that room look from outside the room. I'll be back soon, no doubt. Please do. Please do come back. Again, the movie is called The Gift. It is essential. Make sure you see it.